0: Hello and welcome to Equine Voices podcast. My name is Ronnie, an intuitive equine communicator. I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Welcome everybody. My name is Ronnie from Equine Voices and tonight's interview is with Michelle and Scout from Scout's Trail, who I was very, very honoured and lucky to do an interview back in April. And um, that was really, really lovely to chat with them. Michelle contacted me and says, when do you want to do the next one? So here we are. Uh, it's going to be a recap of their story, their new horse, which is um, a wild mustang called Tuk-Tuk, But I'll let them explain all about it. Welcome, Michelle and Scout. It's so lovely to see you again. And thank you for coming on. Just give a little introduction about yourself.
1: Thanks for having us again. We are traveling full time. We're in our third year now and we sold all our possessions and our home in August of 2019, basically to improve our mental health, which was really in a bad way. And in the past two and however many years and however many months, we've been seeing America by horseback and we have been happy and healthy and scout. Has always been unschooled, which is a type of homeschooling of experiential learning. That continues as we travel. We've been meeting wonderful people, and I think the first the first year of our journey, we needed a lot of help, and we had a lot of trail magic where people showed up right when we needed them. And now, um, nearing the end of our second year, we found that things shifted. And we started to be the ones to provide the trail magic. We were showing up in places that our horses were needed and we were needed to help in some way. And Scout's been fulfilling dreams. One of the most recent ones, you know, she did has published a book and that's available on Amazon. And she is working with the illustrator on her second book, which will be available early next year. She also has trained a baby mustang at liberty and he's now traveling with us so we have four horses now that are traveling with us and we have two dogs and right now we're in arizona we just kind of follow the weather we float like uh, mary poppins maybe we go where the wind blows us and the is good weather and we're just always
0: where we need to be Mary Poppins is a good analogy of you guys. So just remind everybody, Scout, how old are you? Twelve. So you're 12. And you're looking really well, guys. I must say you look so well. It's obviously agreeing with you, everything that you're doing. Scout, do you want to tell everybody um, about Tuk Tuk? And how did you get into the, the program with the Wild Mustang? How did that happen?
2: Seven or eight, I went to my first Mustang makeover. And I guess I already knew that people could train wild horses, but I didn't know that kids could do it. So ever since then, I've kind of been slightly obsessed with the idea of training Mustangs. We were talking with the girls who are um, doing 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs, and they wanted to hear about traveling and how to set their rigs. And I had mentioned that someday I want to train a Mustang. And Hannah Catalino said, well, when that time comes, I would love to help you. So we weren't really planning on doing it for a while because we do have a four horse trailer, but the Forbes doll is for store. But we didn't know after this whole trip what they'd be doing. So we took up her offer and started training tuk-tuk almost two months ago. And for the first two weeks, I worked with Hannah and
0: he became a great little trail pony. I've seen your videos and you put one on recently on your Instagram of you guys going off and Tuk Tuk was just following So you had him totally at liberty and he looked so comfortable. He looked like he fitted in and he'd been there for years. So how did you meet Tuk Tuk? Was he picked for you or did you choose him? So if you just want to explain how it works in your first few sort of sessions.
2: Well, how we picked him was... We gave Hannah kind of, I guess, what we were looking for, and we let her do the picking. So she narrowed it down to an older, like, five- or six-year-old horse and took. to
1: What were the qualities?
2: Curiosity was the really big one, and a younger horse.
1: And big, long legs, so it would be yeah. a larger...
2: Larger so, Mustang.
1: And would you let her expertise kind of narrow down our choices, so we would be successful. And those first two weeks where Scout was mentored by Hannah and learned how to do that gentling entirely at Liberty was also filmed to be an instructional video. So Tuk Tuk and Scout are the stars of that instructional video, which I think will be available at the end of the year through Hannah Catalino's webs. But then we've been on our own ever since. And we went to Washington for another two weeks at a friend's house where we had all the things to progress him further so that we could feel comfortable traveling. So they had a hundred acres of trails and arenas and obstacle courses. And so by then we'd had him a month and we started traveling full time. Yeah, he's been doing great. He fits right into the herd and that last ride that you saw, he was perfect. And, you know, he was in the wild for eight months. So he was born and trained by his herd to follow a herd. So staying with the herd is not like we did anything special. He trusts us and we are his herd now. So he's certainly going to just stay with us. That's part that's ingrained in him. Those are his instincts. But establishing that trust in the beginning and the method that Scout gentle him. Made a huge difference. So he's been a lot of fun.
0: You must be so proud of Scout and yourself because obviously she's, you know, she's your daughter and she's learned a lot from you. You're he building her confidence, watching you grow as well. And it's lovely to watch your journey. Obviously, I don't know you personally. I just know you from our little chat last time and watching you. But I can see your confidence in both of you has grown hugely. And I don't know, it's just such a lovely vibe and and listening to you talk and the affection that you have for the people that you meet on your journey and the animals that share uh, their life with you and and you share your life with them. It's just, it's lovely. And I think I said to you last time that you gave a spark of inspiration for for me to do something and it hasn't happened yet, but that spark is, it's still there and I'm progressing, but it's not happened. So I'm not going to say what it is yet. Um, and it might take me a while, but I don't care because it's just there. It's ign- it's ignited and it's still glowing. And that was that was from you guys watching you guys. It's something that I wanted to do, but it was like, um, that's never going to happen. So it's not going to be on your level by any means, but it'll be my little adventure. So I'm very grateful to you for giving me that spark. wherever I take it. I mean, it's down to me at the end of the day. So what happens next with, with Tuk What's your next plans for the next few weeks, few months, Scout? And then what happens afterwards?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I think for the next few weeks or months, just... Getting him better, getting his endurance up and his muscles up for trail riding, our longest ride so far was seven and a half miles, and then prior sometime in late winter, early spring, we're gonna sell him, and I'll hopefully get my next mustang.
1: What is your goal that you want to do?
2: I would like to be able to maybe have him pass a little bit.
1: I mean like with mustang training, why are you doing this?
2: My goal for mustang training is to get As many Mustangs out of holding pins as possible.
1: So she's training them to be great trail horses and then rehome them to people who want great trail horses. So if she keeps training them and adopting them
0: out, that's her journey that she's working towards now. Michelle, do you want to explain what the holding pens are for people that don't know? If you explain what happens to the wild horses and before they go into the the pen?
1: Well, not to make uh, any controversial conversation about wild horses, because there's so much to know and understand, and there's so much misinformation. But what we care about primarily is many, the horses get round up, whether we want them to be round up or not, they have that. And they're sitting in holding pens. Right now, I think there are probably 53,000 wild Mustangs in holding pens in the United States, and we want them to get a good home. So they're available for adoption, most of them. But even when they get adopted, if someone doesn't know how to work with them, they still could end up in a bad way. So by uh, us taking one and giving it a really good start and a really good foundation before it gets adopted, then it has a much greater chance of being successful and living out a great life with a great family and not having to stay in the holding pen or end up in some other bad situation after adoption, if it wasn't trained well and started well, so that's what the holding pens are. It's not like we're going out and taking horses out of the wild. They've already been took took was actually in a holding pen for almost a year. So he was born in the wild, and he was round up when he was eight months old, and he's eighteen months old now. So he spent almost a year in a holding pen. You know, at eight months old, he would have been separated from his mom. When he got there and hit from most of his herd, and there he sat until we got him. So it's just the place. I mean, generally, they're really big. They're given hay and water and shelter for the most part, and the spaces are large. But obviously, you can see the great life Tuk is having now. It's better than within the holding pen. So she wants to get as many as she can out and into good homes. And that's what her mission is now as she's about to become a teenager and she wants to start her business. So it'll be horse training and she's a published author and she's a commissioned artist. So she's got lots of talents and things that she can do as she's getting older.
0: She certainly has. oh my goodness, traveling, horse training, author, that's that's some achievement, Scout. That's brilliant. And it's such a nice thing to do. And how lucky is Tuktuk to end up with you guys to have that nice first experience of of what it's like to be interacting more with humans. That's just amazing. What have you learned from him? What is something that's maybe surprised you or that's touched you and made you reflect about yourself? What's the one point? I'm sure there's lots, but just think of a point that's that sticks in your mind. So we'll go with you first, Michelle.
1: Well, I guess for me, the most remarkable thing hasn't necessarily been one thing about tuk tuk but scout's whole experience. It was extremely intense training for a lot of the things that she learned she had been exposed to before. Things were said to her that she's heard before, but she never worked on it with that intensity. So every day for two weeks she had three training sessions a day and they could last anywhere from one to two hours. Plus we were taking care of the other horses and sometimes she did extra work with our horses just so she could learn. And so it was amazing to see her have such complete understanding after that intensive training and mentorship. Now, as we're traveling, people are, you know, invite us frequently to come stay with them. And Scout is now able to go and work with other people's horses and help them so she's without my guidance, she can go out there. And that's really impactful to me that she's on her own, can just go do it. She doesn't need my help, that she has complete understanding and ability. And she has lightness and she has knowing and good timing. And she's just a very accomplished trainer already. And that was really the big thing for me that came out of the whole experience with Tuk Tuk has learned patience. Her patience is so much better now because she knows she can't do it any other way than with patience with him. It's so important.
0: Wow, that's some statement, hey Scout, from your mom. And she says that with such pride, which is lovely. So f- for you, Scout, what's one of the main things that you feel has helped you or, or took us took as, as highlighted something in you or your mom, maybe?
2: Well, I guess I would have to say when we could finally let him ride free behind him, behind us. It was such a amazing moment to watch him just be taken off of the lead rope like he's been doing his whole life and just followed behind us. I and mean, even at one point he kind of thought we were going one way because your other loose horse walked off that way. And he was like, Oh wait, no, you're going the other way. And he just turned right around to trot up with us. And I, I don't know if that was really impactful, but it was definitely the highlight of my experience so far. Nice to
1: know that he wants to be with us.
0: Yeah. 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 Like you said, in a natural environment in the wild they would follow the herd anyway. But he could have just gone off if he wanted to. He wanted to stay with you. So it was his choice, which is lovely. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what what happens next. And whoever ends up having tuk tuk as their companion is going to be a one lucky person. One lucky person. So you're in Sedona now, aren't you? But you because you was going to be moving on, wasn't you? Is that right?
1: No, we left Sedona. We're in Wickenburg. So
0: is that the same time zone?
1: It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's (laughs) two hours south.
0: Yeah. Two hours south. Yeah. I know when we planned to do this, you were going to be moving and then you sort of changed your mind.
1: Yes, we were supposed to go to Texas and that got changed to... I teach wilderness medicine classes and the class moved from Texas because apparently the Rio Grande is so low that they can't raft down it which was supposed to be a rafting adventure. And so now they're doing a mountain bike adventure on the Arizona trail. So it was kind of more convenient really that they come here. Some of the things we do, we teach wilderness medicine and trail safety classes and we give talks about our lifestyle and how we do things and show them our rig and how we manage the whole rig and all the animals and how we camp and we boondock, which means we just park in the wilderness and set up and stay there um, with no resources, just we're self-contained. So we teach people about how we do that. And sometimes we just do lectures and Scout talks about how she overcame her riding anxiety and all of that. And so the v- variety of things we
0: do. So, you don't suffer with anxiety now, do you, Scout? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> oh, I love watching you. It's just amazing. Michelle, can you just tell me a little bit more about the, the medicine that you teach? I'm an international instructor and I
1: have been for about 15 years. And so, I teach wilderness first responder classes. And it's designed to help people who travel outside the 911 system so you can't dial up an ambulance. That you're remote, either remote in the backcountry, remote on the ocean, remote in a third world part of the third world country. And if something goes wrong, you have to take care of the person and you're in charge of their care until you can get them to a hospital. So that might be hours or days. And so that's uh, something I have been teaching. It's the only thing I continued with after I retired because I can do that as I travel around. So uh, I continue. And then we've kind of made a shortened version of that class for trail riders. So many of the classes I teach are certification classes. So people get a certificate, which they can use for employment if they need to but we also just teach a class with no certification for trail riders and it's usually a two-day class and we just teach them a lot of the basics and first aid kits and horse and dog first thing and we get we gear it to
0: whatever interests them and that we also do as we travel around for groups. That's something really special and a gift to do as well isn't it? It's life-saving life obviously if needed.
1: Yeah it's real important we've Really discovered as we've traveled all over the country that too many people just ride their horses out and they're unprepared for an emergency of any kind, whether it's getting lost or getting hurt. So we try to get more education to trail riders.
0: That's probably similar sort of thing here, but obviously where you trail ride, it's vast, it's huge, so it's it's a little bit different. But we do have people that go out trail riding and around the Lake District, beautiful area around the Lake District. And there's a lady there; and she has some field horses which she's trained, and she has people that go out with her. She goes out and and they follow her, so they take their own horses, and she shows them the routes. And that's something she started doing. Because people want to see a bit more of the UK and they, they want to do it on the horses, which is, is great. I and mean, there's lots of farmers have places. So if you want to, to travel around, you can stay on the farm and they provide accommodation. It's a lot more diverse than it used to be.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun. We hope we can do that one day, just ride across the country, you know, whether it's in the UK or. Ireland or Scotland, they all
0: have those. Like it does sound like a lot of fun. Well, you should come to the UK. That would be brilliant. It'd be so nice to meet you in person if that happened. But yeah, you should definitely come. Scotland, Ireland, the Lake District, the Yorkshire Dales, some beautiful places. We have hills and mountains, but not as fast as yours. <laughs> Although the, the Scottish might disagree to that, actually. There's <laughs> <laughs> Some amazing mountains there. What else has been happening with you guys?
1: Well, Scout could maybe tell you about what's happening with her
2: writing. Well, I have another book in the works. It is... Review your first book first. I ha- already have a book that's published. It's called A Magical Friendship Journey. I wrote it when I was eight and it was published in January of 2021. Where can they get it? They can get it at the Barnes & Noble website on Amazon and on my personal page, ImaginalFriendshipJourney.com. And they'll... My book that's in the works now is a version of Cinderella, and it's currently being illustrated. So it is a Cinderella story, but it's Mongolian culture.
0: Well, I remember you talking about this. Was that t- it, your friend that you met when you went to Mon- Mongolia? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Brilliant. Is it the same artist that is going to do the, the the pictures inside that did your last book? No, it is not. It's a different girl. Look forward to that. So what is your plans coming up for Christmas? Obviously we've just had Halloween. Did you celebrate Halloween?
2: Yes. We'll hopefully be getting some pictures out of me and TikTok soon. Well, Tiktuk's name we got from the wonderful, amazing movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. So in the movie this is TikTok. And when he's a baby at the beginning of the movie, he rides on Raya's shoulder. And then six years seven years in the future when the movie really gets started raya rides her. so i feel like someday that could be me and tuk so that's why i named him that and i was raya for halloween
1: i think for christmas uh we're gonna go back to sedona to some friends and scout's birthday is also around christmas and she'll be 13 so we're going to go there so we can have a nice celebration and with some friends. And I think that'll be a pretty place to spend Christmas. But until then, we're just going to kind of float around Arizona and continue training Tuktuk and riding with him. And at some point he will wear a little pack saddle and, you know, he's growing like crazy and we're very careful to, Not overstress him. He's a long way from being ridden, but he has worn a saddle just to know what it feels like. And he can carry a pack that's empty or something just to get used to the feel and to understand that's a role you may play someday. So Mm -hmm. those are the kinds of things that we'll keep working on. And we're working with all of our horses. They all love to work and train, and they've all been doing liberty training now and trick training so depending on where we happen to be staying and what facilities are around us it's very fun because like scout has been working on bridleless riding and we're camping inside the pen with the horses so nice. we have I think about an acre fenced in where we are so we're in here the campers in here the trailers in here the horses are in here So she'll go out and start training and everyone's there. Everyone wants to participate. Everybody likes to train and she's riding one horse and all the rest are following her. So it's nice to know that they are enjoying their life and enjoying all that we do with them. They're eager to want to be with us and, in the morning, we usually have four sets of eyes staring in the windows
0: when breakfast will be served. That is so cool. <laughs>
2: Especially her giraffe A horse, he comes right up to my window and puts his nose up against the screen, just like, slave girl, where are you? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I saw your photograph where it was all lined up and you said they're having a, mo- a movie night where you're feeding all the horses and they're watching the training. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, th- I thought that's funny, but they are, because the, they're inquisitive, aren't they? And they like to see, and they don't like to feel left out. If somebody's getting oh, some fun, they want to be in on the act. Sam's my friend. She's moved her herd of horses, and my horse is missing them hugely, because she's on her own at the minute. I knew she would miss them, but I didn't realize how it would affect her. But hopefully she's going to have some company soon. But yeah, I feel bad for her, bless her. I don't want to keep you because I I know you've got busy day. Anything else that you'd like to talk about? So we've talked about your book, your new book and Tuk Tuk and everybody else. How is the dogs doing? How are they all doing? Yeah, Puck is doing great. He had his second knee operated on
1: three weeks ago. His first knee healed up 100% and his second knee now every day as it gets better and stronger and less pain, he's so happy. and actually where we are right now is a really nice space because we can give him freedom because there's nothing here. There's nothing he can, there's, it's all nice and flat terrain, which is what he's required to walk on. And it's all fenced. So there's nothing that he can hurt himself on. So he's allowed a little freedom and a little physical therapy by wandering around a little bit. So it's really good for his mental health too, because he's been so confined for almost a year now. And so the hopes are that by the end of the year, he's going to be able to start trail riding again. His knee surgeries were extremely successful. He's going to be five in December, but he's still very young and has a long life ahead of him. And his Lyme disease is, I don't know if remission is the word, but it's currently not active. So he doesn't have to take any medication. So it's all really good things for Puck or Kaya, our small dog that rides in my lap, is eagerly waiting for him to be better so she can get back on the trail, too. So I think this winter will be quite the circus going down the trail with four horses and two dogs. But it's a lot of fun. And Mr. Nelson. Oh, yeah. Mr. Nelson. We added a monkey. Who's Mr. Nelson? Well, my favorite show when I was a little girl was Pippi Longstock. And if you're familiar with Pippi Longstocking, she had a, an Appaloosa who she rode on bridalist and saddleless, And she had a monkey named Mr. Nelson that rode on the Appaloosa. So we're always looking to make our day more fun. So our Appaloosa head of now has a monkey, Mr. Nelson, that rides on her.
0: Not a real monkey. That's what that but, thing is that I've seen on the back. <laughs>
1: what do you want it for? <laughs> yeah, we like to have a lot of fun when we ride. The Joker's <laughs> currently standing at the door, looking in the window at us. That'd be so cool. Joker, what are you doing <laughs> for snacks? Good boy. <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah, they come up and think that they should be getting snacks or... Carrots, they're ready for their grain. But yeah, we like to have fun. You know, we spend so much time riding. Our rides are fun. We don't enjoy riding just to get to the end of the trail. You know, we just like to explore. We get down and look at things. We have fun. We laugh hysterically. We take our time. We just want to have a really good time and a fun ride. If a horse is having a problem, then we stop and work it out or whatever. So we want to have fun. Fun riding it. That's Mr. Nelson has added some fun to us. I guess we've been
0: doing this for so long, we have to keep changing it up. There's nothing wrong with that, Michelle. Yeah, I was looking at the video and the kid, what's that on the back? <laughs> so that all makes sense now. So now I know who it is. You'll have to look up and see Pippi Longstocking.
1: Appaloosa is named the old man, which is perfect because our little old man, because Hedda Woody is our little old lady. She's 31. So
2: it's perfect. She's doing amazing. I think it's for name as well, Lillebeger?
1: Yeah, there's something that's difficult to say, but she calls him little old man.
0: You guys are having a, such a life experience, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there that watch and think, oh, goodness, I wish I could do that. And I know you said before, Scout, that, you know, you've just got to get on and do it, and no point in just wishing And even if somebody saw one of your videos and one of your posts and had a little inspiration, a little light bulb moment, thought, I'm going to try something. uh, And whatever that is, and it'd be their nice experience. That'll be such a gift to give to somebody.
1: You don't have to be as radical as we were, but I'll tell you a story about our first adventure. Scout is almost 13 when she was six, was when I chose our first grand adventure. So what would I choose? Taking a six-year-old to Mongolia, of course. What else? And that seems like if anyone said they wanted to do that, you would, you would, of course, imagine that's out of reach, that's unattainable. So my solution was I bought a one-way ticket or two one-way tickets to Mongolia and paid for them. And that committed me. And so now I had to do it because I, otherwise I would lose my money from the tickets. So then I wanted to go to Japan to visit my son. So then we bought tickets from Mongolia to Japan. So that's how we did it. I just bought it piece by piece. And then by the time it was time to go to Mongolia, I paid for the whole thing and researched it. And we just did it. But if you sit around waiting to like think there's a the right time or you know, you'll just never do things. And the same with our travel. When we first started traveling, there was so much to know. And of course I learned it all the hard way, but we just traveled within our comfort zone and which was a lot different than it is now. And as we learned more, we could spread our wings more, but you got to just get started. Take that first step. It can be little. It's okay. A lot of people comment to Scout that they wish but they can do things. You just got to go do it. We don't subscribe to the box that society says you should live in. We don't think the order of things that you're supposed to achieve as you go from child to adult is required for everyone. That Everyone should choose their own path and follow what their path is for them themselves and not worry what other people think. i uh, Wanted Scout to learn that, and she definitely does, I believe. And so that's what more people have to do, I think. Until you can make your brain understand that, you're not going to take the leap because you're going to think you have to fit in the box.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my my little leaps again, not compared to yours, but then you can't compare yourself. That's one thing we shouldn't do. Like, I see your life, and I, I would, in a heartbeat. I would love to do that. I'd be quite happy just living in the field with a caravan or something, just to be able to wake up and see my horse in the morning. And as I say that, I'm just getting a lump in my throat because my heart yearns yearns for, actually I'm feeling quite emotional as I'm saying that. And this is when you have to listen to your gut, your intuition. And um, so it doesn't mean to say that I have to give my job, I pack everything and I go. But what it's saying to me is, okay, you want this, but what are you going to do about it? What, how far are you going to go with this? So that is what to me is following your gut, your intuition. Somebody can give you inspiration. You can admire them and think, I'd love a little bit of that or, or to do that. But it's more about what it's giving to you. It's about the freedom. And just spending the time with with your animal and and being with another being that um, you see as an equal. You're a partnership. It's not just a horse or a dog or a cat or whatever it is you want to go off with. It's another being and it's experiencing that bit of life with that being.
1: And that is one of the really most fun things. Before we did this, our horses did live at home. They lived in the backyard and we saw them every day and we spent a lot of time with them, but it was nothing like what this is. Now that we live together as one herd we get such a different relationship. And yes, we're partners and we work together and we listen to what they say and what they're telling us. They listen to us and yeah, it's amazing to be with your animals. But even if this is not your dream, for people who are listening, like whatever your dream is, people shouldn't be afraid to follow their dreams or to think they can't because someone's telling them they can't. I see a lot of people are affected by outside influences. So if someone says they can't do it or they shouldn't do it, they'd listen up. I've never listened to that kind of talk. If I want to do something, actually, if you tell me I can't do it, I'll probably do it harder. I believe that totally, Michelle.
0: <laughs>
1: well, that's, yeah, and it just, you just
0: can do it. You know, there's nothing that stops you if you really want to. You just have to look at it. I know that feeling because years ago, because I'm I'm five foot one, I think, or maybe just a little bit under, I might have shrunk by now. <laughs> and I remember I wanted to be cabin crew. And when I was at school, if you wanted to be cabin crew, you had to be tall and slim and you had to know three languages. So I thought, well, that's not me. That's not going to happen. And I was never top of the class or middle. I was sort of just floating below. And then I remember... I did get a job at an airport and it was like in the duty-free area. And I used to see the air hostesses, the cabin crew coming and going. And I thought, I'd I'd love to do that. Then I applied for a job on on a small airline and it was a small aircraft. So there was no height restriction. So I got a job as cabin crew and it was a sole cabin crew. So it was only the flight deck and, and yourself. So you was the senior cabin crew, you was everything. And I loved it. And it gave me such experience, and how to get over air sickness was the first one. I used to be in the back of the aircraft, and they don't fly very high altitude, I think 19,000 feet, because these were proper aircrafts. So you'd get all the turbulence. I remember the first day I was in the back of the aircraft with a big bin liner, being a little bit sick, (laughs) and thinking, oh my goodness, am I ever going to get over this? Which I did. And when I applied for the Bigger Airlines, my first application, I was honest, I wrote my height and everything, and I got a letter back saying, I'm really sorry, but you're not tall enough. And that that was it. And I sat there thinking, well, that's that then. Then I think it was about four weeks later, I thought, no, it's not. So I wrote again. And this time I put, I'm five foot two. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to try again. And I got an interview. And I thought they would measure you. So I did my hair and I put it really high with a bun in it. So if they measured me, they'd be about two inches from <laughs> from the top of my head. And uh, they didn't measure me and I got the job and I loved it. So in answer to what you just said about you've got to just go for it and not believe what people tell you. I achieved that and I'm so proud of it. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I left there to work with horses because that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I'm doing now. I think the hardest thing is believing in yourself. Scout has achieved, you know, she had
1: a really low self-esteem and did not believe in herself. So this whole journey has changed her in enormous ways. And now she knows she can do anything she wants. And she just has to go out there and try and make it
0: happen. And you can see that in in her face. Like I'm looking at you now, Scout. You're just glowing. You both are. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you now. You are. You're just exuding this beautiful calmness and confidence. I can feel the confidence shining through. And I don't think there's anything that you couldn't do if you put your mind to it what you want to do you achieve and you have done so far so hands up to you guys it's been lovely chatting with you i think we're going to just finish with scout and is there anything you'd like to say to people that are maybe thinking about especially if they're younger people that um, have dreams but they're maybe not at that age where they think they can achieve them yet what would you like to say to them That's a hard one. Speak from your heart. What have you gained from this? What would you say to somebody else? What have you gained from this experience? Think
1: about a a girl who maybe would love to do this, but she's the only one in her
0: family who thinks that way. What would you say to her? Just don't give up. Not to give up. To have a dream, not to give up. And I know
1: Scout um, has fought really hard. Uh, the first two years were really hard for her to not give up. It was a really hard work when she was fighting anxiety and depression. But every day she'd do something a little more and she would push herself a little. She would cry because it would be hard, but then she'd overcome it and she'd be proud and she'd push herself just enough, but not too much that it wasn't something she couldn't handle. And now, She does things that amaze me. Like yesterday, she just jumped on my horse with no bridle or saddle and rode him around. And then the horse that she had her wreck on, she did the same thing yesterday. And she just has such confidence. She's not afraid of things anymore. And if she's a little nervous, she'll still go do it. Where before it could uh, paralyze her.
0: Just go do it step by step. Do you find, Scout, that when you look back at the young lady that's you um, a few years ago, do you look at her and think, wow, look at you now? Do you feel proud of yourself? Yes, do do think that I, yeah, I do. You look back at that young lady and think you've come a long way and how proud you are of yourself. And it's not about having perfect, rosy, sunny days every day. You still have your... Your ups and downs, the quickness that you pick yourself back up is is a lot better. You don't stay in those places for long, do you? Yeah, no, not a lot. And that's important to say to people that it's not going to be a case of it's all jolly all the time. It isn't because it is hard work, as you as your mum just said. But but when you push yourself and and you experience those amazing things that you achieve in, it helps you for the next time.
2: That's yeah. Great. I think the last time where I really had a a down day was where I was just really off my game was the fourth day of training tuk-tuk, so almost two months ago. That was the day where I guess we were both kind of off our game. It was just really hard for both of us for some reason. And then I went to go work with my horses and Woody, the little Appaloosa, she was really easy to work with. I did the exact same thing. I did tuk-tuk. Coda, my horse is half draft, half quarter horse, so she is naturally a very pushy horse. And then my mom's horse, Joker, who's very observant. Uh, he did the exact same thing with Tuk Tuk and helped me work through it. So I think my last, like, not I want to say bad day, not my last bad day, but for my last. The day where I was off my game was the fourth day of training tuk-tuk. So that was probably a bit of a harder day for
0: us. That's not bad for fourth day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was not. (laughs) So how many weeks is it now that you've had tuk-tuk? We got him.
2: We started training him September 2nd. It's November 4th now, so Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, about two months.
0: Almost eight weeks and he's just following you around and that's lovely so the next plan is to see how he goes with um starting to be a a pack horse
2: probably not for another few months right now we're just working on building up his endurance and being
0: able to ride longer distances building up his muscles yeah so we'll just wait for your mum to come back and then we can uh, say goodbye. So what what have you got planned for the rest of the day?
2: Probably go work with the people we're staying there. Their two horses. Maybe go for a swim. They have a pool here, so that's nice. Let me go see where my mum is.
0: <laughs> Let's go and have a look at the horses.
2: So here are the ponies getting loaded on for lunch.
0: Oh, so you feed them inside.
2: Obviously, you can see it's very sandy here, so we're just working on them. We want Tuk t- to load into the trailer by himself, but also so they don't
0: ingest sand. Listen, guys, I'm going to let you get off because you've obviously got stuff to do. Thank you so much for, for chatting with us again. It's so nice to capture with you, and I look forward to the rest of your journey. And hopefully chat again at some point next year. I'm just in awe of you guys, and it's lovely to see you. Anna Scout, you're blossoming, and stop hiding behind your mum. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. <laughs> you're just blossoming into such a lovely young lady. You guys get off and, and do what you need to do, and we'll catch it with you again soon. Okay, thanks, okay. Ronnie. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview. It was just an informal chat, so I hope you enjoyed it too. And if it's given you a spark of interest in something that you'd like to do, that would be lovely. Who knows where it may take you. Take care. Thank you. Bye for now and see you very soon. Thank you very much. Bye. You've been listening to Ronnie King at Equine Voices. Thank you for listening and speak to you soon.